2: 20 minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on packers fans and pack a day podcast listeners welcome to another edition of the pack a day podcast your one-stop shop for 365 days of packers news rumors and insight i am matt fralick alongside me once again is janelle Mackey and eli berkovitz uh shockingly you guys we are not going to dive into any social media beef today um while it'd be maybe some stuff on the peripheral any sort of trade rumors because those have been beaten to death and you know i know eli wanted to talk about this janelle quite a bit eli wanted to do a deep dive into the pro bowl and all the stuff going around that we decided you know we're going to take a step back on that we're not going to do that because the pro bowl sucks um Uh, that being said, did you guys watch any – this is recording on Friday. Did you guys watch anything on Thursday with the Pro Bowl stuff?
3: I saw the one clip of Saquon getting hit yep. in the face of the dodgeball, um, and I saw, like, a picture of Jair. That's literally it. Like, I awesome. forgot that every, there, there's stuff that happens before the Pro Bowl. And it's also NHL All-Star Weekend, which is way more fun to watch, if I'm being honest. So, kind of more – into that. So, no, I, I wish that they did skill stuff like they used to with the Pro Bowl, but it's just, you know, they, it's not as entertaining anymore. So I really just wait for the highlights to come out on Twitter.
2: Yeah, I saw the same stuff. I think I saw the Jair picture talking about Saquon getting hit in the face. I saw Derek Carr. They showed the clip a couple oh, times. Oh, the clip. How he, <laughs> yep, yep. How he lit it up and talked about how, why he's not going to be in Vegas anymore because he's never been hot there. Yeah. Um, Outside of that, yeah, really not much. I didn't even realize the NHL All-Star weekend was this weekend, so that's where oh, was yeah. it. co- oh, yeah. coinciding there. Um, But I think you're like most fans, you know, Everyone wishes they had the 40-yard dash, the bench press, the, you know, the longest throw, all that stuff like they used to have. And they seems like they're like, dance around doing those still, but they never get back to the actual like original um games. They continue to play weird games, dodgeball like you mentioned, just other stuff where it's like, we'll see what happens on Sunday with the uh, flag football. I'm sure I'll be watching it because there's nothing else to watch. But um all that being said, guys, let's get into some topics. Uh like I said, there's no news. So what we wanted to do is kind of before we get fully into this offseason, reflect on the season that was had with our own personal takes. And this can go back 365 days ago after the season of 2021, this can, or 2020, would it be 20? Yeah. 2021. Um, we can go back and look in some off season, hot takes, um, some tweets we got off, maybe some written word that we were able to do. Um, anything you may be said in a podcast or a video. I know a lot of what we're pulling from is our tweets because a, it's easy to search that way. And then b our producers were extremely lazy going through our previous episodes and anything we did on game on Wisconsin video stuff. So, um, Basically, it's just a, a complete flush of everything that we had talked about personally um, that was maybe a hot take, a prediction, or some sort of Twitter tweet that we got off that was super, super correct or just like horribly and you kind of feel bad about it. I know I have a couple of the same. It seems like Eli Janelle got every single tweet right from what he said in our pre-production <laughs> meeting, so I'm interested to see how accurate those are. And the best part about this um, at least for myself. I know that if you guys bring up a topic that I afraid you forgot to search on my tweets, I'm going to dive into them real quick. I'm also going to be fact checking Eli. I trust Janelle quite a bit, but if Eli's saying he wow. got this right and I go and look it up <laughs> and he got it completely wrong, I'm definitely going to call him out for it. So um, I think it's going to be a fun sort of like angle and just going through to see what we thought about through the entire year. So I'm going to start out. Uh, I shared one this morning kind of teasing the episode. And um, again, the way we did this mostly was like, I went through like 30, 35 different players, coaches. You know, I went through just searching like Packers, the divisional teams, like just an extensive list of what I thought I could possibly find some good tweets from. Some I remembered, some I had no idea that I did. The one that I put out this morning, which was actually kind of like wild on March 5th um, of this past year in 2022, I put out a poll and this is I always try to do this with like coincide, especially this time of the year with our with our Packaday um, tweets is just like see if we can get any interaction with that and get some people's sense of how they're feeling about the team. Um, but at the time, obviously, there was conversation of if Devonte Adams, Aaron Rodgers would be back um, in the 2022 season. This was on, did I say March 5th? Got 297 votes, and the question I posed was both Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are on the 2022 roster. I'm still shocked. Every time I look at that, that 66% of the people said true. And then comes to be uh, – I'm trying to figure out when he was traded. What the, the 18th. So literally two weeks before, roughly, tweeted that out, and all of a sudden it came – to not be kind of just flip the script on, you know, what the consensus was being. I just thought that was significant because looking back on this, it it seemed like most people thought he would have been back. And I I think most people were taken aback by that Raiders trade. So um, while be it not, you know, that was what I thought was going to happen. I definitely thought they would both be back. That completely flipped the script. And even six months into that, it looked a lot different. And then now we go almost a full year and it looks completely different the way that the Raiders season has gone. And of course how the Packers season has gone um i don't know who's got a one i'm gonna start actually you know what, i'm gonna start with eli because i want to see what he's got in the pipeline um eli what's your you know it doesn't have to be any order right it could be a hot take it could be a tweet it could be something predicting from the off season but what's one that you want to bring up that you uh want to enlighten the people with your you know smartness or you know humble yourself and admit well, something you got wrong
4: i feel like i'd be better off humbling myself first and I like then that. Coming, you know, doing a comeback story it kind of feels better. But one sure. actually involves Jen, and this is one that I was nervous she was going to do, so I had to get out in front of it. Uh, the night of the draft, I tweeted that the Packers are quote-unquote 3,000% going to draft Alec Pierce. Uh. That <laughs> and Jen decided to make me make a bet with her, because she's an evil person, involving A certain food that you chew on. That's a three-letter word that I'm not even going to say. Gum. Yeah. Disgusting. (laughs) So, Allie Pierce, shockingly, did not end up being on the Packers. And I had to endure that horrible punishment. And it's definitely made me rethink a lot of my tweets after that date. So, you're not a gum fan? Ooh, no, no, no. No. It's just there's... What in what world should food just be chewed on and not swallowed? Like, what does that even mean? That's not a real thing. What should I drink water and spit it out?
2: So you had to chew gum. Is that what I'm understanding? An open book in front of the world. What flavor? What we what do we go with?
4: What do we have to do? I think I just went mint. I I don't trust fruit in general, so I couldn't get wild with it.
3: No, it Matts. You can't see Matt, but he's just
4: laughing
3: because I I try to no. If you don't know that Eli hates gum and you just find that out, it's like it's comical and I I understand, but we oh, use man. it against him all the time. Like it's it's the bet for him. I think if, I've had, but yeah. if something I think, that's what you bet that if you're wrong, right. you have to chew gum. And it's hilarious right? because he yeah, just I... he's gonna vomit the entire time he's doing it.
4: It's it's bad. It's really it's just the whole the whole thing, even the word. I think the word is gross, one of the most inappropriate words in the English language. So and if, I we, if we take
2: if we take a step back from another weird layer that is Eli Berkovitz in his personality, why okay. were you so convinced that the Packers were going to draft Alec Pierce?
4: Well, we still obviously did not draft Christian Watson, so I knew a receiver was in, needed to be drafted soon. That's a, good, that's a good point. Pierce was a second round kind of prospect, and also, you know, I just I just saw him. Number one, I was I was a big fan of his the whole draft process, but I also just saw him as someone that could have really filled a hole the Packers offense doesn't really have. Like, yeah, they had Cobb, but someone that for the future potentially in the slot. And I just really liked him. I thought he was also like his fundamentals were just great. He seemed like also a great locker room guy, just like a classic Packers pick. But obviously uh, a year, not a year later, but what, like seven or eight months later, maybe more. I'm uh, definitely happy with the pick of Christian Watson. It's actually like 10 months later. Jeez.
2: I'm surprised Alec Pierce actually had this. I didn't think he had, I mean... The stats aren't overwhelming by any means, but being on the Colts, tumultuous season that they had, firing on their coach, having different quarterbacks come in and out, 41 receptions, almost 600 yards, two touchdowns, not terrible. And then in context, you had tweeted that It looks like on Thursday night after the first round, like you mentioned before, they had drafted Christian Watson, um, Romeo Dobbs. So it's like, it's, it's not that bad. I think there could have been some value there in the second round, and I'm, I'm actually surprised that he um, ended up having that good of a statistical year. 3,000%, uh,
4: though. That is quite, you were very. 3,000%.
3: It, yeah. was, it was, then... yeah, it
4: was a 3,000% kind of thing, but they don't always work out, 3,000%ers. That's what I've learned. Not no, well. that's,
3: I, because like I didn't know what to look up. So I like just quickly looked up to see if I had any draft takes. And like, really, my only tweet that had like NFL draft in it from this year, because I remember I know that my girls had a game on draft night. So I was like checking my phone between innings. So I really didn't. I really wasn't active during that, especially that first night. Um, But my only tweet that I could find was you can't have your heart broken during the NFL draft. If you have never become emotionally attached to the prospects in the first place. So (laughs) unlike Eli, who's 3000% in on guys, I just do not become emotionally attached to any of the players in the draft, except basically, except for the badgers. Like I love to see which badger is going to make it in the draft. And I did think I had like a, a Ferguson, like, Oh, Future Packer, Barry Alvarez's grandson, or something, but that was legit <laughs> it. I just, I don't get emotionally attached. So I can't really be wrong about my draft ideas because I Weird. never have any in the first place. So that's, that's not, not a bad idea. That's how you swerve around that. I, I'm never wrong because I don't have an opinion to begin with. That's yeah. not a bad
2: idea. On the same topic of draft and receivers, this actually is working out really, really well. I, I don't know what I was thinking April 14th this is before the draft this is before the draft yeah one wrong one extremely wrong one very accurate I said here's the current list of the Packers receivers listed them off Al Lazard Randall Cobb Sammy Watkins Amari Rogers Juwan Winfrey Malik Taylor Rico Gadford Chris Blair okay first of all half of those guys more than half of those guys literally didn't probably have a single snap this year the other half of that half are not even on the team anymore with Amari Rogers and Sammy Watkins. So basically looking at Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb thought those guys were just going to be great. And everyone else is going to follow suit. But I did say now please draft two receivers that actually ended up happening. I mean, they drafted three Two raid really didn't contribute on offense, but the two that they did draft that were a part of the offense between Dobbs and um, Watson ended up like contributing. So as I felt like, okay, this is the holes they need to make, but Ultimately, if I'm throwing in, you know, Winfrey, Malik Taylor, Rico Gafford, and Chris Blair as a combination of a wide receiving core, super, super bad take by me uh, Mm -hmm. in the middle of April pre-draft. So, uh, yeah, just not good. That's just, I mean, I don't know what I thought based off of those eight names being solid.
4: Considering, you know, it was basically Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and then a bunch of rookies and practice squad guys, you really, you know, no way of knowing, at least in April, of how that was going to shake out. And, and all that, I know I got into, I actually got, I was going to pull it up. It actually wasn't really my tweet. It was actually, I don't, I don't mean to put him on blast at all. I'm a big fan of Ross Uglum over a pack Report. Um, met him multiple times, really, really good guy. But when I put out my 53-man roster prediction, I did not have Jawan Winfrey on it. And okay. he commented very confidently, uh, Jawan Winfrey, they will not cut Winfrey. And I was like, well, I don't know, I think they will. And um, <laughs> it's, basically, it's basically the whole story, but you just brought it up and I had to, I had to mention it Ross again, this wasn't coming at you, but I did, I did hit that. I will say, because we're bringing up, uh, well, we, maybe I am at this point, but now that we're talking about old takes this year, I think was my best year in roster. Pre- I think I had 50 of 53, which, good. which I, but, but this is the problem in the tweet where I did it. I wrote like some bullet points on what I thought about the roster, and yikes, some of them are rough. Um, the worst one by far is best secondary in the NFL. Yeesh, that didn't work out well. <laughs> I mean, on paper, on, on
2: paper, like it's it's not that crazy of a take, but yeah, the way it shook out is just awful.
4: Yeah, I mean, on paper, I was like, you know, Jair Stokes, Douglas, the safeties, obviously did not work out. I also wrote that. I mean, I don't know this. Maybe people might think differently about this. I wrote the wide receiver room is underrated. I mean, I guess it was in some ways, but then in other ways, there was way too high expectation and we saw it did not really work out. So I guess maybe it goes player by player on that. And then the last one that was probably bad, but you know, this is actually true. I wrote special teams unit will be better slash must be better. And there were some bad times, but I would say compared to the last two years, I would hope it's at least a little better.
2: I mean, it had to be better than 32, right? Like it was yeah. going to get better, but yeah. it did. It did. It did get significantly better, especially with the turn return game. I think that was huge. Janelle, do you have anything from the off season um, around the draft time? Anything maybe into training camp or any other any other takes you want to bring up and uh, bring to light from your brilliant brain or just awful takes?
3: Yeah, I mean, like I said, like going through and trying to find things. I think. Like I might be the Packers Twitter people pleaser or something, because it is so hard for me to find anything I say that's controversial. And I don't know if that's just like me avoiding conflict because that's just the kind of person I am. I hate conflict unless I'm arguing with bears or Vikings fans. Then I like, I go full, full force on them. But it was like really hard for me to find things that I'm like arguing about and um, but like Eli just kind of mentioned special teams and it reminded me of one of my favorite tweets that I did grab. And it was, uh, this was beginning of February. So almost a year ago, um, you know, haven't even seen a snap from special teams with Rich Bissachia. And I had that 2d SpongeBob meme where he's like got the five o'clock shadow and the cigarette. And it's just Rich, <laughs> yeah, rich cool. Bissachia after one season with the special teams unit. And yeah. I mean, like, it looked like it was maybe going to be that way, but it actually like special teams ended up being one of like one of the best phases of this game. So they had a huge turnaround, which I mean it shouldn't be that way because there was still a lot of hiccups, but the Packers were just, you know, all over the place this entire year. But I, it just like kind of made me laugh. Cause it's like, maybe that's kind of what he looked like, but I mean, he's like not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I don't remember why I tweeted that like in February when I did, I don't know if something happened that, you know, made me think it or if like he just got hired and that was my immediate thought is that he's going to be exhausted after it. But now he's going on and getting second interviews for head coaching positions. So obviously everything he did, um, all the work that was put into it, it worked out for the Packers, it worked out for him and his profession. So That's just kind of one of my – that was, like, one of my favorite tweets that I put out in the offseason. It was, like, immediately into the offseason, too, because it was, you know, early February. But, yeah, draft-wise, I know you guys were kind of talking about, like, the rookie receivers. Uh And my my favorite tweet that I pulled was, um, you know, they do, like, the jersey number announcements, and they did Romeo Dobbs' number, and it's the 87. Obviously, you know, my entire brand is Jordy. (laughs) And my quote tweet, it just, no, (laughs) 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 like just flat out. No, like nothing against Dobbs or anything. It was just like, obviously after the Sternberger experience, it was like, I was not ready for anybody else to wear this number. So without him ever taking a snap, that was early May. I think it was that they announced that. And then, yeah, just a flat out. No, but I did go on to say um, later, you know, kind of as videos were resurfacing so this is end of July I did say you know seeing a lot of praise for Dobbs regarding his first outing today with the Packers I expect nothing less if he's gonna wear the 87 jersey but the bar is set unreasonably high so but you know you know me with the 87 but it was just so funny to stumble across that and just see like my immediate react like no no high praise no anything like that just a flat out no period
4: out.
2: absolutely <laughs> that's that yeah, is that's good fair. that's a That's one I would not have, like – I don't know how you – I mean, I guess the way Twitter works, especially now, it's like sometimes there's stuff that, like, when I was searching, I'm like, I don't even know why this is related to me, but you can find stuff like that because of the fact – It it was the most
3: on-brand tweet that I could have pulled. And it's, like, again, not a hot take or anything like that. It's just – I mean, he he did end up going on and having a really good rookie season, and it was really fun to watch him. So now that we've seen – A full season of him, I can say respectfully, he did the number justice, and I hope that he continues to do so.
2: I think a lot of these too. I'm coming. Even the one I'm going to bring up here, there's, it's, it's four, but I'm gonna. Dumb it down to two of them. One that was very, very almost correct on, almost spot on. The one that was extremely off. And most of these are coming. It seems like a pattern between about February to about May, when there's absolutely nothing going on. We are all so damn bored. We're like, okay, we need something to bring up to either get the get the mentions moving, get ourselves like creatively thinking about what could possibly happen this season. And it's just like it's hilarious to think that's like kind of where we're at during this time of the year where I know personally, I'm like, I can't wait for the snow to melt. I don't want to be in Wisconsin anymore. Like this sucks. Um, So the ones I have is I I'm fairly confident. This was based around an episode that we did uh, back in May. It would have been like a week before it looks like Memorial day weekend, May 23rd. I had four tweets that came out. um, And I was basically just predicting these top receivers that the Packers had. Um, That was after they had acquired Christian Watson, um, and then obviously the guys I already mentioned, Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, and who would the other one be? Alan Lazard. Basically went and just kind of did a dive on their statistical careers, uh, being the guys that had already been in the league, Lazard, Cobb, and Watkins, kind of did some predictions where I thought their touchdowns, receptions, and yards would be. And then also, I don't know how I figured this out for Christian Watson. I wish I could remember what I did. Um, I think I kind of like piecemealed together like Devontae's stats his first couple years with... Maybe what he did at North Dakota State, I, I don't recall, but um, the two that I want to bring to light one being very, very bad. Very bad. I <laughs> predicted, uh, via my brain and a crystal ball that Sammy Watkins would have 41 catches for 571 yards and four touchdowns. He ended up getting zero touchdowns, 16 receptions and 325 yards, and that's collective throughout the entire season when he went from the Packers to Baltimore. So awful, awful uh, crystal ball in my hand. My brain also probably not equally as good based off those predictions. The other ones I'm trying to figure out between the three, like which one I was closest on, I'm kind of like, I I believe I was closest on Cobb, if I'm not mistaken, based off... Or was it Lazard? I think Lazard was pretty close. I did predict that Lazard would be the number one receiver, which not that crazy of a take. Um, so I said he'd have 53 catches, 691 yards, and seven touchdowns. He ended up with six touchdowns, 788 yards, and 60 receptions. So damn close on the touchdowns and catches, and he almost had 100 – I predicted 100 more yards from him. So was that for uh, Lazard? 100 less. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes, for Lazard. So uh, not terrible. Um, yeah okay. Watson, I was really close on, but I don't even, like, again, I don't even know how I came up with that. And then Cobb, like, I kind of just over-predicted touchdowns. I said he'd have five touchdowns. He had one. Um, Yards, I said 488. He ended up having 417. And then catches, I said 38, and he had 34. So not bad, I guess. Like, I But the Watson one is just like – or the Watkins one, you go back and look and, like, even just like that first tweet I brought up, it's like you really – I, I was drinking the tea and drinking the Kool-Aid of everyone that was like, he's going to come in and be a solid slot receiver. And then, like – it probably only just like magnified during the off season, like in training camp when he was having a good training camp, Rogers was talking a ton about him. So like that is definitely something I think I was extremely far off. And I know a couple of people throughout, you know, stuff we do on Packaday and Game on Wisconsin, et cetera, were spot on with Watkins, what he would contribute. But I definitely was not one of those people for some reason, based off of an underwhelming career he's had thus far uh Eli I and- love how like
3: you are so statistical with the tweets that you're pulling like compared to the ones that I pulled yours are like legit going back and looking at predictions and I just looking at the tweets I pulled it's like I'm such an unserious person on this app that it's like we're really gonna start to see all three of our different personalities in this one episode just based on what we're tweeting
2: <laughs> honestly like I said though like a lot of this is just straight boredom like Saturday morning yeah. Sunday morning maybe it's rainy out in Wisconsin I'm not doing much I'm like I'm gonna go ahead and like throw out a couple of these tweets to like coincide with our you know our episode drop or something and like it's just kind of sit there with the calculator right. I'm doing like all of Randall Cobb's career and then dividing it and just taking like 20% less because of it's just it's just stupid and like it just somehow was correct in Lazard and the other ones are like kind of right and obviously Watkins wasn't yeah, yeah. Do you have anything from the offseason, Eli? Are we? I know some of mine are going to start trending. I have something into... that coincide
3: with Matt, so when Eli's right. done talking. Well, no, Eli, did you hit, like specifically oh. on the receiver?
4: Um, no, no. So that if you have something specific, go for it.
3: No, it was just fine because I uh, I know like especially on this show we talked a lot about you know Watkins and like we had a show where it was like who are our biggest question marks and he mm. was like I think all of ours and. It was super funny. So basically, all my Watkins tweets were just like question marks, like "What's he gonna be? What's he gonna be?" And he had that one really big catch against the Bears, and in early September. And I'm just like, I'm officially sold on the Watkins signing. More of this, please. And then he like didn't play, and <laughs> like he didn't do anything else. So that was like my that was like my biggest, you know controversial hot take, whatever you want to call it. But it was just so funny because it was like, I was like, all right, one catch against the Bears, I'm sold. That's all it really yeah. takes is just that one thing. Yeah, and
4: then... Catch against the Bears. That's good enough for basically a season.
3: For... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, Phil, that's what Randall Cobb, you know, Randall Cobb used to be like the specific bear killer. So it's like, you know, if you can get that one guy who against those specific teams going to come in make a splash play And then, you know, he missed time due to injury and just really wasn't being used, as you heard from Matt's stats. So, and then, you know, gets cut and all that stuff. And I think he actually – who did he end up playing? Where did he go? Because he was on a Baltimore. He
4: was on Baltimore. He he was not Baltimore, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay.
3: Yeah, because I was like, he ended up going to a team that, you know, there could have been potential success. So it was, like, kind of funny, but – that was like my biggest Watkins hot take. And I was like, well, you know, it was what it was. I also did have the the screen grab of, you know, like Lazard throwing up on the sideline. <laughs> and I was just like, when someone says Lazard doesn't have what it takes to be wide receiver one, and it's like the throwing up, like him throwing up. And now based on like what we talked about last week with our cryptic tweet, like he might not even be on the team now. So... Mm-hmm. For I sure. mean, our, the receiver core really just provided us a lot of really great content for today. Yeah,
2: a ton. I actually found a tweet of mine that I did. I'm glad you brought that up about him puking because all I did was t- type Lizard in all caps, exclamation point, and uh, six of the throwing up emojis. And I was like, I do remember him throwing up, but like, why? It just not a hot take yeah. by any means, but it did coincide. I use the, that
3: as my like reasoning because that was end of September um, against the Bucks, game, like against the Bucks when oh, the he was Bucks, throwing oh, the, up. Uh, yep. So, when when we still had hope for the season and we really didn't know what was going to happen. And um, unfortunately, Lazard really didn't fill that wide receiver one position that I think a lot of us had confidence that he would fill. So, um, but at the same time, a lot of us thought that they were really going to spread the ball around with the receivers and there would re- really be no true number one. So, Maybe i was I was probably just like hyping him up just to be like a dingus on Twitter, okay. but I mean that's just what I do I just I'm a hype man for the players, and then I just get too excited and whatever people like it it generates whatever interactions and <laughs> those are I don't have numbers or anything. I just put up videos of guys puking on like Matt's very statistical <laughs> reasonings for things. <laughs>
4: Well, speaking of that of that Bucks game, after that game, I think what we won 14-12 and I tweeted that the Packers have a all-caps real defense that should scare <laughs> the rest of the NFL. That really <laughs> that really worked out. That was yeah, that was definitely a, a shining moment for me throughout the season, but I I actually found a couple other really embarrassing ones for myself. Um, a couple of all the Amari Rodgers which I mean, anything, you know, what are you going to do? But I, I mentioned how they there was a quote that he was in, maybe used out of the backfield a bit more, so I tweeted about that, saying how much I would love to see him out of the backfield, and he's only struggled on special teams. We never see him on offense. Got him on offense. Maybe he would be better. Well, of course, you never got to see that. And actually, funny enough, if you guys followed him in, in Houston, he actually made, he made some pretty decent plays for the Texans um, when he was there. So – We'll see, maybe he could end up being a guy on offense, but who knows? And also after week one, after an embarrassing loss to the Vikings to start the season, I uh made sure to bring up our loss to the Saints two years ago in week one and saying, you know, don't overreact, the season's fine, it'll all be good. <laughs> well, maybe we should have reacted. We should have we probably should have reacted. Maybe we should have. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, maybe I should just shut my mouth and we should start reacting quicker to serious problems.
2: I think I was like okay with the team the way it was going until the London London game. Cause I was tweeting a ton during that game and there's some like that are pretty funny. I forgot about this Amari one. <clears throat> like I even tweeted, I was like, This was at nine AM, which is disgusting when I go look back at this odds Amari Rodgers doesn't make the trip home and gets left across the pond. Like and he was still on the team for another, like, six weeks after that, which is just yeah. so frustrating I think to see. I
3: think I had a similar tweet where it was, like, the meme of the guy hanging on the wing of the plane. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. it was just so trying bad. To, trying to give back.
2: <laughs> and then towards the end of the game, it must have been, it was at 10.53 a.m. It was just, this is probably my most, like... At the time, I was like, I just don't give a shit right now. Is I want to kick Joe Barry in his berries. Like that was one where I was just like, (laughs) I'm just so fed up with this guy. And um, yeah, it was honestly most of my tweets throughout the season were just very just like jerk reaction. Like I'm pissed off, no optimism like Janelle brings, and I'm just (laughs) sitting here and just like pity, just tweeting like obscenities and like the fastest tweets possible just to get off my frustration, thinking it's gonna help.
3: Well, and I like. Because I was working on Sunday, so I really didn't tweet a lot because I had to watch on my phone. So I really wasn't tweeting a lot of reactionary stuff, which is maybe why it feels like my Twitter is so much drier than it usually is than when I'm sitting in front of my TV watching games. And then by the time that I actually got Sundays off and could do that, I had, like, you just talked about me having to be optimistic. It's like I had to go into, like, full throttle optimism to get myself through the rest of the season so like it was really hard to fight I don't like to talk negatively about the team or the players so it like especially in a year where everything is going wrong it was really hard because I just either did not say things or I just you know spewed optimism it was like okay it's okay we'll believe like it'll all be okay and a thousand of my tweets like the we're not dead yet and then it was like the finally we're dead and yeah. all that good stuff. So, yeah, uh, I don't have as many reactionary tweets. I did talk about, I know you guys kind of both touched on Amari, Amari Rodgers, and I kind oh. of had the one where I said like Rodgers has shown good flashes for the offense and the wide receiver room is depleted, so he could help there and continuously putting him in a position where he's going to be unsuccessful is setting him up to failure, and that's on the coaches. So I mean, we did kind of see, like Eli had mentioned, he was still on, or Eli or Matt, whichever, um, mentioned it that he was still on the team six weeks after, you know, continuous mistakes. I mean, I'm not wrong in saying that it was the coaches because we did see him go to the Texans and then have success, and it was really cool to see him have that moment because it's kind of just you know maybe needing that change of scenery. But I mean, um. I pulled up this Amari tweet, and this feels like a thousand years ago. It feels (laughs) like so many things have happened this season where it's weird to even look at a tweet about Amari Rodgers because we so heavily – all of a sudden, Keyshawn Nixon came into the picture, and it was like – I immediately forgot about like the first half of the season with special teams because I must have just tried to erase it out of my memory. So looking back at some of these tweets, it's like, oh, my gosh, I like totally forgot he was even on the team at the beginning of the season because it was just
4: (laughs) You yeah, wanted, yeah. Yeah, continue.
3: No, it, it's just you know when we're going back and looking at these tweets, and it's like, okay, this is like only a, like not even a year ago, but I think the this season just added so many years onto our lives that yeah. it feels like an eternity ago that we were talking about this kind of stuff.
4: Yeah, when this season started, I was 26. I'm 41 right now. So (laughs) it's it's a problem for sure. Um, And I wouldn't really call this news, but neither of you mentioned it to me, and I'm only seeing it now for the first time. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers is playing in the, what is it, Pebble Beach Pro-Am, I believe, this weekend. Yep. So someone, one of the fans, again, this isn't news. It's more of just jokes. But he, quote, hey, Aaron, I heard Devontae is looking for a neighbor. Rodgers response: Tell him to buy me a house. So, Devontae really wants Aaron Rodgers in in Vegas. He will have to purchase him a home, which I think is fair. But let's not even go down that rabbit hole right now, because that's depressing. But um, (laughs) real quick, and even though it's it's probably it must be older than a year, but I'm only seeing it now because you guys mentioned Sternberger. I have so many tweets talking about this guy. Like he's literally the next George Kittle. Like not even a I talked about Like this guy is gonna be Shannon Sharp. Like what in the world? Just really like. Moment, so I was fighting with Andy about it. on one of his tweets, and then my own tweets were just like, this guy is unstoppable. He has like seven career catches. Not <laughs> stop. And then to go along with it, right? I don't know why I found both of these at the same time just now. I also made a tweet about Kamal Martin, basically saying that he's making out. Oh
3: my gosh, like, Kamal
4: Martin! <laughs> like this guy is going to be a problem for the NFL. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm realizing that maybe I just shouldn't tweet anymore. I'll just I'll be an observer <laughs> on the side. I
2: like your hot takes. I, the last one I have from season, and I definitely regret this one. Uh, November sixth. So it was during the. Lions game which yes. puts into context and I also remember tweeting about like the spe- or the, the two-point conversion they tried to do um, when Hutchinson picked it off or whatever that was and it was just simply um, at 1.52 p.m. and I believe this was after the Hutchinson pick whether it was a two-pointer or a goal line play but it was just Rodgers sucks which I definitely regret at this point because I don't think Rodgers yeah. sucks but in the moment and through yeah. that gap of the year it was just I couldn't convince myself, and that he was that, was, that,
4: that was just a regular goal line play. That was a pick. That wasn't even a two point conversion. I'm pretty sure when that play happened is when about sixty percent of my life force died within inside of me. So Reasonable. that was that was special. Reasonable. Yeah. Uh, um, do
2: either of you have any more tweets? Anything else
4: you want to bring up? I don't Go have another that. tweet, but no, I, I, I you know now that I've. Shamed myself so terribly for the world <laughs> over the last thirty minutes. I do have to say, sign that I'm definitely happy about. In like week six or seven, the Packers, you know, were in the right in the center of a complete implosion, and I didn't know what to do with myself. So, as the degenerate that I am, I decided let's start gambling on yeah. the Super Bowl of yeah. totally different teams that are not the Packers because I already had way too many bets on the Packers in the Super is Embarrassing, but <laughs> I did put in an Eagles-Chiefs Super Bowl matchup. Okay. And I, I totally forgot about it because I was like, so I'm not looking at my future bets. It's all Packers. I'm done. I'm done. And literally the game ended. I'm like, let's see what jokes of a bet I put in this year. And I actually saw that um, I put together the Super Bowl matchup like 12 weeks ago. So I'll take it. Not bad. Very well done.
3: That is impressive. I will give you that. I I had um, a Super Bowl tweet uh, on February thirteenth of twenty twenty-two, and I said, "Gosh, I hope that confetti falling is green and gold next year." And that <laughs> was really sad
1: because <laughs> nice.
3: we did not even come close <laughs> to we didn't even make the playoffs. So that was like that was really depressing to see. So unlike Eli okay. having successful uh, NFL Super Bowl predictions. I'm thinking, like, I hope that confetti is green and gold because I'm a big, dumb idiot who only thinks in positive thoughts. And that's why I'm so sad at the end of every football season.
2: The only Super Bowl tweet I have that is somewhat relevant is when Rihanna got confirmed as a halftime show. And I tweeted out, um, which was absolutely dangerous. In comparison to what I possibly could have said, was Rihanna being confirmed to the Super Bowl halftime show headliner over Taylor Swift is a massive W. I'm surprised that the Swifties didn't just absolutely come after me on that uh, one. But I'm surprised your account
3: didn't get suspended. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking no, it forward. Must, to the... must not be a Swiftie. Okay, you know what?
4: I'm going to say this right now for the whole world because this is the episode. Taylor Swift is trash, both as a musician and as a person. I can't stand that person. She. I mean, she honestly seems just awful. Um, I understand people are fans of her. I'm sure I'll get in trouble, but Taylor Swift, <clears throat> boo, boo. Janelle, are you a
2: Taylor this, Swift fan?
3: This is, well, okay, like I have no problem with Taylor Swift. Like her music comes out. I'm not I'm not a Swifty, you know, her <laughs> style music isn't my thing. I'm like, you know, classic rock, punk rock, all that crap. So like her songs will come on i do like you know like the old old taylor swift like teardrops on my guitar and our song you know like that taylor swift but i'll listen to her but it's super funny eli's mentioning this and you're talking about rihanna because when i was younger i couldn't stand rihanna like Mm -hmm. for literally no reason just like me being a stupid young teenage girl there like i just didn't like her music couldn't stand it And now that I'm in my mid-twenties, I hear Rihanna and I think about, like, all the bangers that she put out when I was younger. It makes me think about when I was younger. And now every time I hear one of her songs, I'm jamming to it. So I'm, like, super pumped for this halftime show. Even though I was, like, a super big, for no reason at all, Rihanna hater when I was younger. Now, like, her music just, it brings me back. And they're all, you know, bangers and I'm super excited. So, you know... At least, at least we all have that win going for us in this Super Bowl. Yeah. No, we're all
2: aligned on the Rihanna
4: stuff. I think I speak for most uh, teenage boys during that era that we were all Rihanna fans. For, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> yeah, for a number of Maybe Rihanna's
3: that's why really I wasn't. Agree. I don't know.
4: <laughs> no, but I will say, actually, I do, I do enjoy a lot of her songs. And yeah, it should be an entertaining uh, half-time mm-hmm. show.
3: No she Her music would come on and I would change it. And now her music comes on. I put her like on our playlist for uh, our clinic and her songs would come up and I turned the volume up and we're all bang into Umbrella <laughs> and Disturbia and all that. So yeah, I, my parents were like my mom and dad were having a conversation. They're like, and I said something about Rihanna and they're like, oh yeah, like this was meant for her age group. Okay to be excited. Hopefully MVS, I know he put out, is there a way that he can watch the halftime show? I hope he's able to find a way to sneak out of the locker room and maybe catch a, no, it's not fair, really.
4: <laughs> think about the players. Like they're not even there. They don't want to play the game. They just want to watch a concert and they have to, right. the they, they all,
3: room. they were all fighting for a chance to see Rihanna live. Yeah. That's what they were doing. <laughs> they no don't one care about either. the Super Bowl. They all want <laughs> to go to the free concert.
2: Exactly. I wouldn't doubt like, I know Evan McPherson. They went out. He went out early last year. But that halftime is so long. Like it's so untraditional from a regular season or a playoff game. Like I wouldn't doubt that they have it on in the locker room, depending on who the the is yeah, I mean, so, like, or the Like if they're just getting there, warmed up.
4: Yeah, and it's like, what are we doing? Like you could only like, what are you going to do? Make adjustments for forty five right. minutes. Like right. So yeah, I hear that.
2: Do you guys have any other takes, predictions, thoughts uh, that we're going to divulge? We we did a pretty damn good job chronologically going, going
4: from enough for one day, actually. Fair enough.
2: Janelle, yourself, anything else?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm just upset that when I found the tweet about how I really wanted AJ Dillon and Saquon Barkley to take a quad picture in London, I'm super upset that that never happened. So two, two big L's that day for sure. <laughs>
2: definitely should have happened but no um, i
3: i didn't have too many too much controversy just a sick amount of optimism from me this year hopefully i don't need to be that optimistic next year <laughs> uh
2: i appreciate your optimism janelle uh for anyone else listening to the Packaday a podcast make sure you're uh commenting liking subscribing sharing our podcast with whoever you are a packer fan with whether it be family members friends colleagues significant others make sure you're sharing the content with them we greatly appreciate that appreciate that also if you're not already watching and subscribed on the youtube side of all the content andy's putting out there and anyone that helps contribute on that side it's been an awesome journey to see there and continuing he's been coming up with stuff this week i know he put out like how the Packers can win the Super Bowl next year, Deandre Hopkins coming to the Packers. Like he has been getting into his bag, as the kids will say, just like getting, I'm sure those comment sections flowing um, for any of your optimistic tweets, Janelle, where can people follow you? And also what other content are you putting out during this off season and um, any other predictions you expect from yourself?
3: Yeah, I'm sure I'll be putting out one of those uh, green and gold confetti tweets in the next couple weeks here. Just, you know, trying to turn turn everything around but yeah you can uh follow me at big mac underscore four on twitter that's you'll where you'll be able to see everything um I know my days are super busy so I haven't been super active but I still do try and um get on there and tweet about things I see happening I must say though some of the most fun I've had on twitter in like I, I don't even know how long, was all these NFL script tweets. It's yeah. so all good. It's so literally good. the only reason to log into Twitter right now because the players are getting involved, and it's it's absolutely hilarious. I, I got sucked in for hours. Usually I open my app and close it. You know, I do, like, one quick scroll, close it, but I got sucked into them, so... If anything, just look up NFL script tweets because that that is the funniest thing that's happening right now. And I love it. And it makes me want to actually be on the app. So, Um, yeah. uh, And other than that, you know, football is going to be coming to an end. I don't get super heavy into a lot of the draft stuff. So you won't see any 3,000% hot takes from me like you might be. Um, (laughs) But I will, you know, uh, NHL All All Star. Stuff is happening, and you know, Pro Bowl is happening, and all of a sudden, playoff hockey is gonna be happening, and that's all that I'm gonna care about. And then I'll annoy most of you, which will be super fun. Um, Definitely. you know, I, oh, I, I mean, the Packers have already broken my heart, so the Wild are up next, so you know, it's just the way of life. Right. My Dad, life. Stop
4: <laughs> expecting the Wild to at least the Packers might that, win. that was the only, that, the only that was are the
3: only old? when I looked up bold takes. My only bold take that I could find was that I'm gonna I said the while to make it past the first round of playoffs this year. When no. I was looking for Packers tweets, that was the only thing that came up when I typed in bold take.
4: I hate to break it to you, but we'll use that one on next year's episode when it's yeah.
3: <laughs> not so all, all that stupid all that stupid content from me, unserious business. Yeah, go find me over on Twitter
2: uh and eli for like janelle said any takes that you're three thousand percent confirmed on where can people find those and everything else you're putting out right now
4: um yeah i've got i've got a ton of automatic takes as you just heard throughout this episode Then really everything i say should just be taken as fact don't look into it just be like all right ali you said it eli i'm sorry you got it but either way uh book of eli underscore nfl on twitter as always and During this draft season, unlike Jen, I do like to torture myself and get extremely emotionally invested in hundreds of prospects. I'm like, okay, the Packers could trade back and maybe get 60, 70 picks this year, but it doesn't happen. I'm (laughs) shocked by that. But, yeah, so my draft uh, previews and writing will be over at PackerReport.com, but I'll also be doing plenty of draft content on Twitter as well. And obviously, I mean, Jen decided to leave this out because she just can't stand me and Zach, but me, myself, Jen and Zach Jacobson on Open Book. We should be returning in the next couple of weeks as after the Super Bowl. Um, I assume we'll be back. So look for some announcement on Twitter from probably the three of us when that will be happening. And, yeah, just one 3,000% take to leave with you all is um, I got to go. You know, Aaron Rodgers wins the Pebble Beach Pro-Am this weekend. And as he's accepting his trophy or whatever they give to <laughs> such an event, he makes it very clear that he will not only be back on the Packers next year, that they will guarantee Joe Namath-style a Super Bowl, and it's going to be a great year. That's what I say, 3,000%. 3,
3: 3,000%. 3, There's, pack-
4: There's a lot packed into that one. Mm-hmm.
3: Eli definitely loves Aaron Rodgers' 3,000.
4: Aaron Rodgers' 3,000. That would be a good movie. Sounds like a good movie. <laughs> Uh, for myself,
3: when, I don't, up, when the revenge tour comes out, we'll call it Aaron Rodgers 3000.
4: <laughs> Boom. I'm getting t-shirts made already. It's already happening. <laughs> uh, for
2: myself, Matt Frey, like you can still find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. I'm not sure what hot takes we'll have in this offseason. Definitely this has been a good uh, reassessment of maybe some players that shouldn't be super high on right off the bat or maybe a little bit more trust the process type stuff but I'm not sure where this offseason is going to take us I know it's going to lead us into some draft stuff draft coverage which I'm excited to see I feel like every I did tweet this out earlier in the week I feel like every single mock draft I've seen is either Brian Branch the safety from Bama going first round or third round Jordan Battle his counterpart safety going um, to the Packers. So. I'm sure though neither of those will happen at this point. Um, if we want to yeah. make a confirmation on those, but I'm excited to get in more to the draft. I know there's some tight, uh, like the tight end group, and there's a lot of other deep positions that I want to um, finding myself in. That Senior Bowl wrapped up this week, which was awesome. But some names that were, you know, again names that we kind of had talked about last week or two weeks ago that possibly might. Pop up just because the Packers are being involved with some of their insistent coaches down there could give them a inside leverage to some late round picks in day two and day three. But, um, for myself, Matt Fralick, along with Janelle Mackey, Eli Berkovitz, we appreciate you guys listening, having us go through all of our takes from the offseason into the season and Super Bowl predictions. Um, obviously, we're all excited to see Rihanna at the Super Bowl, and we imagine you guys are as well. But you guys be well, take care, uh, get through the Pro Bowl weekend, however you like to do it, avoidance or consume it all but we'll have the super bowl in the final week of uh the nfl season next week and as always
0: go go